Hello, this is Elizabeth Copeland, founder of the Grief Dialogues. Today, our friend Kate Ruffing, a young woman in Washington State, shares her grief experiences during the final days of her husband's life in this podcast titled, Till Death Do Us Part. He's not going to make it, is he? And the doctor turned to me and said, no, I'm sorry. I have to talk to him about end of life today. And it was like somebody punched me in the gut. I knew it was possible, but I didn't want to believe it. And they called for social work to be there. And it was more for social work to be with me <laughs> than with my husband. At his advanced stages, he wasn't as lucid as some. Um, he knew sort of what was happening, but the doctor sat with him and told him that there was nothing that they could do to save him. And in my husband's humor, he said, wait, Keith Richards is living and I'm going to die? And that summed it up for him. He was in a state of shock and disbelief, which to me was ironic after years of watching him drink himself to the state he was in, that he was the one the most shocked in the room. And after that moment, it was so hard to know what to say to him, how to support him, and how to love him. And after the doctors left, you know, I just sat down beside him and said, I'm so sorry. And he said, it's okay. I'll be okay. The doctors are wrong. And in that moment, I realized the denial that had kept him an alcoholic for most of his life was now how he was going to deal with his own pending death, was to just live in a little bit of denial that was happening. And that's the part that they don't tell you about death. Hollywood romanticizes what it's like to watch somebody die. You, I have expected him to, you know, pull me into his arms, kiss me, and then drift off to sleep and die peacefully. It's not like that at all. We spent the next four days with increasing levels of medication, him throwing up. He had to wear an adult diaper. I wiped my husband's chin and his butt more than anybody ever should. And even though the nursing staff and the doctors were fantastic, I really learned what unconditional love looks like in a hospital room. And then I had to tell his mom that he, her son wasn't going to make it. And she was so brave and she stood by me and she said, we're going to do this together. And so we spent the next few days spending time with my husband while he was still conscious. Um, and, and watching his body slowly, slowly shut down. When somebody dies of liver disease, it doesn't happen instantly. It's, it's almost like a controlled shutdown. Systems just start failing. Renal system, you know, pulmonary system, cardiovascular system, but they don't shut down all at once. It's a slow process. And when he finally was not able to keep O2 levels oxygen levels in his system and they had to put the mask on him, that's when we knew it was getting really uncomfortable for him. 
And it was at that point that he decided that he did not need to be resuscitated and signed the do not resuscitate order. Up to that point, I lived in the horror that if he coded, they would have to bring him back. And I would have to watch that rather than just letting him go. And it was at that point that after he signed the do not resuscitate order that I could give him the comfort care that he needed. As a wife, when you say till death do us part, you don't think it's going to be like that. 